Here she is. Da, da, da. It's Gail Hall. She's just leading our statistics on our website on Coast Access Radio at the moment. You're on At the Table with Gail. Hello. Hello, and I'm blushing. I know. Good thing you're on radio, eh? Yeah, good thing. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm all ready to go. And uh, I was just saying to Tanya that I saw these um, sweetest pie, and they are with a pie maker. So you people that are out there that have got pie makers, uh, instead of making pies like savoury ones, uh, why don't you try this? I saw this recipe, and it says apple croissant pies, and it looked so inviting on the um, on the illustration. I'll hold it up, of course, and then Madam can have a look. Madam, oh, yum. Oh, yum, yum. Who doesn't uh, like croissants? Anyway? No, that's right. So you're using croissants, and uh, I think you get eight out of this recipe. So uh, here we go. Um, we start off with three eggs, two tablespoons of caster sugar, a half a cup of cream, quarter of a cup of milk, one teaspoon of vanilla extract, and a 189-gram packet. Isn't that funny? 189. <laughs> they could have made it 190. But anyway, three um, all butter croissants that you can buy from the supermarket uh, in, in a, uh, a bag and a 385 gram can of um, apple pie slices and you need to drain them and uh, chop them up because we don't want too much liquid in it you'll have a soggy pie uh, and a half a teaspoon of ground cinnamon and of course icing sugar to make them look lovely when they are served on the plate with fresh raspberries now what we're doing with this of course you, I hope you have got a um, you know a pie um, maker because this is particularly what these recipes are about because there must be some people out there with them now whisk eggs sugar cream, milk and vanilla in a large bowl. Now, cut your croissants into a three centimetre pieces, you know, like just small pieces. You don't have to get out the tape measure to measure that. <laughs> so just cut them into small pieces and then add to the egg mixture with apple and cinnamon. Now, you're stirring that gently to combine. Now, you want them to soak. You want the croissants to sort of really soak, a bit like bread pudding, I suppose, Tanya, in mm. a way. You want the, the croissants to soak in that liquid. So stand them for three to five minutes or whatever if you get along phone call it's not going to make any difference now preheat a four hole I think that's the only way you can buy these pie makers anyway is a four hole capacity and lightly spray with oil now when you've um, coming to put it in there spoon about a half a cup of croissant mixture into the pie maker holes close the lid and cook for 8 to 10 minutes or until golden brown and firm to touch. And from our illustration, they look lovely. They are golden brown. And then carefully transfer, because they'll be nice and squishy with that apple in it, carefully transfer to a wire rack and then just repeat with your remaining croissant mixture. So as I said before, this makes eight pies. So it's a good sort of family one. And I think they probably are quite a generous size, really. And then... Uh, dust the warm pies with icing sugar. It always looks magic. I love it. And um, serve with raspberries or blueberries. And, you know, of course, Tanya reminded me, oh, where was the cream? Yeah, well, always got to have cream. Got to have cream. Got to <laughs> have cream. So you can put the cream and look lovely with the raspberries. So really, really nice. Absolutely lovely. 
And how easy is that? And I'll tell you what, for if you're making eight pies, that's really quite economical because it's only three eggs and half a cup of cream. And, and three croissants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and if you right. buy a bag of croissants for lunch and you've got some leftover that are starting to go a bit stale. Exactly. Good way to use them up. Yeah, good way to use them up. And uh, actually, I think it's we're still in school holidays, aren't we? Yeah, we're still ticking along. So this would be quite a good thing, you know, get out the pie maker um, and, you know, Get the kids to have a go. Yeah. Good, nice lunch, even though it's a sweetie. Mm. We're on a sweetie week this week, I said to Tanya. Mm. We're on a sweetie week. I've got all sweet recipes, nothing savoury this week. So um, here we go. Good for the kids to have a go too as well. And my next recipe coming up is also using a pie maker. I thought we're on a roll. So um, basically, I thought we could you know, go ahead with a couple of pie maker recipes. And everybody loves carrot cake. I like the icing the best, though. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> so do I, actually. Yeah, yeah, I like the icing as well. But, um, you yeah, know, I saw this and I thought to myself, of course, this makes eight as well. So you're doing two lots of time with the, with the pie, pie maker. But um, this one has two eggs, a half a cup of a firmly packed brown sugar, a half a cup of oil, Three quarters of a cup of self-raising flour, half a teaspoon of baking soda, one teaspoon of ground cinnamon, and one cup of grated carrot, and a half a cup of finely chopped walnuts. Plus, you needed just a few extra for the tops of the of the cakes. They look nice with that. Now, this frosting that I've given you is uh, it says a two thirty gram tub of classic icing cream cheese now i was in the supermarket yesterday and i because i'd read this and Mm. i thought to myself "Mm, that recipe said that to use that and i sort of had a bit of a look in the um supermarket well i couldn't particularly find the it didn't say icing but there's a lot of sort of like um philly is it philly and uh, there's other cream cheeses and stuff like that. So I think this is an icing cream cheese. I didn't actually see it, but, I mean, that was one supermarket I just happened to be in. That was all, and it came to mind. So, but, um, and one tablespoon of lemon juice to actually put in it. But I just think normal, you cream know, cheese cream, cream cheese. cheese it's it? cream cheese, it's cream cheese. This is classic. Oh. So it must be a little bit, you know, one up. One up, it's a bit fancy. Yeah, a bit fancy. So if you do see it on the shelf, that's what it is, and you can use it. Um, so other than that, I would say just cream cheese, but actually still use the tablespoon of lemon juice. So that's the frosting on it. Now, beat egg, sugar, and oil in a small bowl of an electric beater until pale and creamy, which we do. It looks lovely when it's all pale and creamy. Add sifted flour, soda, and cinnamon, and fold until just combine, you know, just fold it in. Because, you know, you've got to sift that um, soda particularly because it can be lumpy. So fold that in and then fold in the carrot and walnuts. Now you're preheating a four-hole, you know, pie maker, as I said before, and lightly spray with oil. And you're spooning in a third of a cup of mixture into the pie maker holes. Close the lid and cook for eight minutes, just like we said before with our croissant one, or until golden brown and firm to touch. Re- uh, carefully remove and transfer to a wire rack to cool. 
and then you've got the remaining mixture so go ahead and make your um, the next four it's eight in total to make the frosting as I said before stir the cream cheese it's good to have it at um, room temperature because yeah. you know it's going to be nice and spreadable and easier for you to um, put that lemon juice through it and just you know make sure that it's well blended and then spread the frosting onto the cakes and and decorate with um with the extra walnuts absolutely lovely this is something you could do on holiday as well if you were out camping and you don't have a stove oh. you can still make things in a pie maker if you took it away in your caravan well, you could, right? right exactly exactly and here you know like without icing um, you can actually keep these in your fridge in a, you know, in a, I always say don't keep things in the fridge in a metal tin because, you know, condensation and all that sort of stuff. Oh, that's and, good. Um, yeah, and I just think, well, you can keep these in an airtight container um, and store them away. And just when you've got some visitors, get out the cream cheese or the filly or whatever. And um, Bob's your uncle. We've got a nice morning tea. Yeah, oh my goodness. Lovely. So that really intrigued me that. So I actually, did I mention before, I haven't actually got a pie maker, but um, I'm looking for one. <laughs> You're going to go and hunt around all the op shops now. <laughs> you got some good ones in Ōtaki, actually. What's what's the one opposite the... Um the Otaki Theatre that you were at. That's oh, that yeah, uh, Arohanui. The um, Arohanui yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, um, yeah, I'll be looking. I've just, uh, now that I've found these recipes, I'm really keen to try those because they're a quick fix for a meal, you know, leftovers and stuff like that, but particularly those cakes. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I was looking too, and there was a, I've, I know I've given out a recipe for chocolate self-saucy pudding, but I Spied one of those the other day in the in the slow cooker. Oh, really? Yeah, slow cooker chocolate self saucy pudding. And I thought to myself, mm, I think I've done a chocolate self saucy pudding, and I couldn't remember whether it was the slow cooker or not. But that intrigued me as well because I thought, mm, you know, chocolate self saucy pudding in two hours in the slow cooker. You can go about your business, and there you are. I've got a beautiful pudding. Mm. Well, I tell you what, if you want to do it again, that's fine with me because if I have to hunt through all your old recipes, <laughs> the stack is like it's like war and peace. You've yeah. got so many recipes here. Well, if I find it again, yeah. I will definitely put it on the agenda then because it just that intrigues me too. I love these, you know, quick fixes and uh, slow cooker stuff. You know, I can't wait till winter. Piles of soups and stews in the slow cooker. Anyway, we're not there yet. It's no. it's um, very hot. Yeah, it is very hot. Actually, might have to turn the temperature down here. Now, if you want to find those pie recipes, if you love eating pies, go to our Facebook page, Coast Access Radio, and uh, like us as well while you're there. And you'll find the recipes. They're there every week, and they're up already. They've been up since the middle of the week. Gail's been very organised. So, hey, who had all the pies? Should we have a pie song? Uh, if you can find a pie song, that'd be great. Porcupine pie, porcupine pie, something like, like that. Neil She's had a Diamond. couple of pills this morning, folks. It's <laughs> okay. <laughs>
little strange We've got to ease it with gloves So your hands will turn green Texas Radio 104.7 FM. I can guarantee that will be one recipe that Gail won't be providing you with is porcupine pies. No way. <laughs> be a bit spiky, wouldn't it? Oh, it would be a bit spiky. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're going to continue and we're going to do warm rhubarb crumble cake. Rhubarb, rhubarb, rhubarb. Rhubarb, yes. Just lovely because, you know, I don't know. I've got in the garden, I've got two lovely big bunches of rhubarb, you know, in my garden. And they're always, you know, replacing themselves. You know, water it well and it just grows well and it's lovely, lovely to have. Do you split them? Uh, I've given my brother, them. my brother, I, he, his rhubarb actually um, died. And um, so I said to him, well, I've got two huge rhubarb plants, you know, they're really good. Yeah. And I said, come up and um, we'll split, you know, split one so... Didn't do it delicately, just got a spade, you know, <laughs> like this. And he took it home, and, it, and it's growing great. Oh, brilliant. So, you know, it wasn't anything fussy about it. Just, you know, split it in half, and here we are, bro. Just have this one. <laughs> but it's going really good. So, um, yeah, I think it's an easy an easy thing to grow, and it is tasty. And I think, well, i tell you in this recipe how to cook it, okay? So we've got 500 grams of rhubarb stalks trimmed and cut into lengths, just, you know, small lengths. Two tablespoons of brown sugar plus three quarters of a cup of um, packed extra, that's brown sugar, um, 125 grams of butter chopped at room temperature, three eggs, three quarters of a cup of buttermilk, one cup of self-raising flour, half a cup of plain flour, and two teaspoons of ground ginger if you want, or you can replace that if you like uh, with two teaspoons of vanilla if you're not a ginger fan. But I think um, rhubarb and ginger go really quite nice mm. together. Now, looking at that buttermilk, I know we've mentioned it before, but look, if you haven't got buttermilk, I think if you put a squeezy of lemon juice or something like that, it sort of turns it into to that sort of buttermilky um Type liquid. So I'm pretty sure that. Yeah. So I believe too. I, re- I think you've told me that. Yeah, before. we have. We've had that before. So you know, and of course, I don't know how it would destroy a recipe anyway if you didn't have it. So, and the crumble on top. Uh, I'll give you that recipe now. So that's 75 grams of um, cold butter chopped. Good for the crumble because you know you need it cold. Quarter of a cup of plain flour. A third of a cup of firmly packed brown sugar. Half a cup of rolled oats and a third of a cup of shredded coconut. I think that's the, um, well, I don't think it's the long threads, but it doesn't really matter. Just a, a third of a cup of that. 
Now, if you've got a tin, this is the method we're talking about now, you know, a spring form pan, which is a pan, as you know, it's got a spring, it's got a, uh, a, a, um, a click switch, you know, sort of spring form on the side of it so that it saves you sort of going through the, the trauma of actually taking a cake out of a tin. So you just click that spring form at the side and uh, look out for one if you haven't got one because they're absolutely valuable. So we're using a spring form pan for this one. So, and make sure that it's greased, you know, line the base and sides with baking paper as well. So sometimes if I want to make sure that something's coming out of the tin, you know, because you go to all the trouble home baking. So grease it. I give it a quick spray with the spray oil and then I cut the piece of paper and it just basically sticks to it, you know, sticks to it. That's a double measure of making sure that your cake is going to come out right. So just remember that. And if you can, just extend it a little bit over the, the rim of the cake tin. But no panic if you've run out of, um, you know, your paper um, because it's going to have the spring form. So hopefully it'll just come out nice. Right. So we're placing the rhubarb in a single layer on a baking paper lined oven tray. Now he's putting it all out, and this is how I cook mine without doing a cake, actually. Sprinkle two tablespoons of the sugar, and then pour over one tablespoon of the water. Just sprinkle it over. And cook in a hot oven, 200 degrees Celsius, for about 10 minutes, or until tender and then remove from the oven, and then let it cool. And this way, it keeps its shape, Tanya. We've talked uh, about this yeah. before, haven't we? Because boiling it makes it go mushy. It does. It goes like string. So basically, even if you, you know, like cooking it, not particularly for this cake, because I think it's a high temperature to get it done and, to, you know, go on the cake. But I know with myself, I just put it in a single layer in a tray, little bit, little bit of water and a little bit of brown sugar, maple syrup, golden syrup, whatever you like, and just cook it like that. And it's, it's really lovely. Mm. Uh, now, uh, it says here to make the crumble, so we're shifting away a bit, to make the crumble and have it ready, rub the butter uh, into the flour, uh, using your fingers, of course, because that's you know a good way of getting the, bread, uh, the, the crumb-like mixture, uh, and then add the sugar, the oats, and the coconut, and just stir to combine all that up, or just use your fingers still. They'll be, you know, have flour and everything over them. Now, to make the cake, beat the butter and extra sugar, that's what I talked about when I was giving you in the ingredients, in a small bowl of an electric mixer until light and fluffy. Now, beaten eggs one at a time. Not forgetting, of course, please put your eggs when you've got three, is it three eggs? Yeah, three eggs. If you've got one bad egg, I suppose it's the best way to describe it, you know, if you're not putting them into a little cup or a little dish first, um, you know, I really do do that because there's nothing worse. I mean, it, I know it doesn't happen often, but it has happened to me. And look, honestly, you've got to throw, you've got to throw it all out. And especially if you're at the end of your butter and you think, oh, I've just got enough butter to make this, and then you've put it all in, and then I you think, know. oh, yeah. the whole recipe's stuffed. It is, it is basically. It's out for the birds or whatever. I don't know whether I'd give it to the birds if the egg wasn't good. But anyway, basically, you know, it's just a little thing that I emphasize when you are doing this. And uh, please take it on board because it's no trouble to get a little little cup or a little dish and just crack it first, poop, 
in it goes and you know for sure that it's nice fresh egg. So you're doing that. So beat eggs one at a time under combine. Now you might have to get your spatula out because sometimes when you're beating your eggs in one at a time, it doesn't quite get that mixture that's sort of stuck to the to the bowl. Mm-hmm. So I usually have a spatula or a knife or something and just make sure that you're getting that mixture from the from the sides of the bowl when after each egg addition you know just to incorporate it all because sometimes it just beats a little bit of the mixture and the egg but it doesn't actually get the side so just remember that now transfer uh to a large bowl because you know that's um what we've got a quite a big mixture here add the buttermilk uh the sifted flowers and ginger in two batches stirring now we're stirring now we're not mixing stirring until combined and then spoon into the prepared pan smooth the top smooth the top and gently press the um the cake mixture um the rhubarb into the cake mixture just put it on the top and just press your hands down like that so that it's going to go into the mixture and when it course rises it takes them you know takes the rhubarb with it so and then you're actually um sprinkling the crumble over the top of that so lovely you've got cake rhubarb crumble three layers beautiful and now we're cooking this in a moderately low oven 160 degrees celsius for about an hour and then uh, put a skewer in to see if it is actually cooked in the center that it comes out clean remove from the oven but stand it in that pan for a while because this is quite delicate in a way and remove the side of the pan so you're unclicking it and uh, transfer to a serving plate. Oh, it looks stunning. And serve warm with custard and or cream. Oh, there it is. It's <laughs> echoing in the background. There we are. Oh, you love and, your cream, um, Gail. Yeah. And oh, look. let's have a look. Oh, looks really oh nice. yeah, it looks yeah like a shortcake. It looks very posh, very yeah. cafe. Yeah, well, I sort of thought that too, Tanya. And I thought to myself, no, that looks really, really, really lovely. And um, you know, I love the fact that the rhubarb will just sit on the top and look nice. That'll look so nice. There you are on a really old china plate with roses on oh. it and a bit of gold trim oh. that you could get from the op shop. Oh, beautiful! Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I absolutely. had to think of when you said spring form um, tin, and because Mum's got one as well, because she's you know much better cook than I and ping they open made me think of when I undo my jeans at the end of the day and they sort of go ping and everything oozes out <laughs> sorry probably too much information there moving right along you're on Coast Access Radio with Gail her show I'll shut up now we're at the table with Gail not Tanya well um this here is nice simple one and I saw it and I'm gonna say I cut it off the back of a pack of something that I was putting into my big containers and I looked at it and I thought oh there's a recipe for next week because I looked at it and I thought oh that looks nice apple and blueberry muffins Mm. and I'm only saying this because blueberries are still you know you can buy blueberries you know and um, just use them while they're in season absolutely Mm -hmm. so this makes 12 muffins and you will need for this recipe two cups of self-raising flour uh, one cup of white sugar, one teaspoon of salt, uh, a half a cup of oil, and usually, you know, it can be vegetable oil if you're baking, but half, I just, I have oil and I just use it. Half a cup of oil, uh, two eggs, half a cup of milk, 
and a half a cup of unsweetened apple sauce. Now, you can buy apple sauce in little tins, actually, because a mm-hmm. lot of people like it with their pork. Yeah. So they only sell it in those lovely little tins. Mm-hmm. So, or if you've got some apples, um, stew them and then put it through the muli or sieve or something like that. And that way you'll get your lovely sauce. And then 110 grams of frozen or fresh blueberries. Okay, so that's your ingredients. Now you preheat the oven quite hot, 210 degrees Celsius. Um, that's if it is, oh no, 210 conventional. But we, do, we don't talk much about fan force because I think it's just too confusing. You know, we're either going to cook it at one heat or another. So mm. I usually give you the conventional type unless it's something that I really think needs the fan bake. Um, line the muffin trays with muffin paper, which I've sort of looked for in the, because I think you can buy the muffin papers, you know, to stick in because it's so awkward trying to line muffin round trays with square bits of paper. Like cutting out patterns. Yeah, exactly. And or, or grease with oil, which I would do. I would spray it. Add self-raising flour, sugar, salt into a mixing bowl. In a separate bowl, add the vegetable oil, eggs, milk, unsweetened apple sauce and whisk gently till combined. And then you're adding the liquid to the dry ingredients. Mix for approximately, well, you, you, I would do it with um, the whisk. I wouldn't be putting it back in the uh, mixer, me personally, because I, I think it's better to just fold that mixture in. Uh, very, Just do it for a half a minute. Um, and till they're beautifully combined, and then gently fold in the blueberries. Okay, just gently fold them through. Another couple of turns with the whisk is usually enough. Um, And it says, and I use a scoop to to put in the muffins, but I I know I used the other day, I've got a gravy spoon, you know, one of those lovely little bee scoops. Ladle, ladle, that's the word. And it's a nice one. It's, um, you know, it's a little one. It's not big. And I use that, actually, to be putting mixtures into, um, what did I make the other day that I... Use it. I made something in my muffin trays anyway, and I used that because it was a good measure in getting it all even. Yeah, you know, making them even, not some big and some small. So use that if you've got one, or just a large tablespoon. Maybe you might need two tablespoons, um, and then bake for twenty to twenty thirty um, twenty three minutes, or until golden brown, and let them cool in the in the trays before moving. And um, yeah, there you've got. Lovely apple and blueberry muffins. Oh, yummo. Soaking in a little bit of butter, if you like that. Cut them in half. A little bit of butter. Although, you know, these should be just eaten on their own, quite frankly. But I'm a butter fan. When I buy a muffin from a cafe, you say, can I have two butters, please? (laughs) (laughs) Of course you are. (laughs) Cream. Has anyone got cream? Hello. Oh, well, there you go. There are four sweet recipes today. Yes, yeah, so I just, you know, I just thought, oh, yes, it's nice, sweet. You'll go on, we'll get something savoury next week. Well, you're busy out and about today. I know that you are, you wear several hats and you take weddings and you take funerals and you do all sorts of yes, things. I so, being a Saturday, do. you're often busy, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And two Saturdays in a row yeah. for this for this t- trip. But, um, yeah, I am busy. But it's a long weekend coming up. I know. Yeah, I know. coming up. So, um, basically, um, 
Hope everybody enjoys their weekend and stays safe. Yeah, happy Wellington anniversary weekend. And we'll catch you next week. Exactly. All right. Been been good to be here. You've been listening to Gail at the table, and I'm just the person that pushes the buttons. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.